0: Good day to you, and welcome back to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Once again, my name is Pastor Todd Walker. We've been doing this uh, podcast series called Sermon Extras, where we take something we learned about this past Sunday and we dive a little deeper into it. Uh, This past Sunday, my dad, Mel Walker, actually spoke to us on the end of Colossians chapter 3 because we've been going through the book of Colossians for several weeks now. And we looked at this idea of relational living that Paul brings up, and my dad did a good job because we looked at each of those things that Paul brings up about how we should submit to and obey authority figures and how we should love those underneath us which is really important to think about but there's even an important more important topic to think about and my dad talked last Sunday about doing it for the sake of the Lord Jesus he wants us to get that point that it's not just about doing these things for the Lord, but doing it for the Lord And really that's what I want us to dive a little deeper into, having this idea, this mindset of thinking on the Lord, everything we do for the sake of the Lord. And so before we get into the text here a little bit, I want to illustrate this point for us today. Uh, Maybe if you remember your days in school, you remember some of those subjects that you actually enjoyed taking, because I don't think many of us generally enjoyed going to school, but there were certain subjects we liked, right? There were certain subjects that made sense in our mind and we had good teachers for. So for whatever reason, we just enjoyed going to those specific classes. Well, one of them that I liked was algebra. Um, It was just one of those subjects that made sense in my mind. I think I had a pretty good teacher for it. And I actually did so well in algebra that I was put into an advanced placement class of algebra. Um, And I'm not bragging because I wasn't a very good student otherwise. (laughs) But algebra was just one of those things that made sense in my mind. So I liked algebra, I liked English grammar, that was another thing that I really enjoyed looking at was sentence structure. Um, I also liked chemistry, hated biology, but for some reason I liked chemistry, and then my last one, most random one, is I liked Russian history. (laughs) Not really sure why I took that, I don't think I had to, I think it was an elective, but I took Russian history and really enjoyed that, but... Back to algebra, algebra was one of those subjects that I really enjoyed and it made sense in my mind. And algebra deals a lot with fractions, doesn't it? And maybe you remember some of those classes, some of those things you learned. Well, one of the things they teach you in fractions is there's a top number in a fraction and a bottom number in a fraction. And the bottom number is really what I wanna focus on today. It's called the denominator. And there's this thing with fractions that even if you're dealing with two different bottom numbers, they have this thing called a common denominator that if you multiply two different denominators out you can find a common denominator that they both are multiplied into such as the numbers six and eight they're different numbers of course but if you multiply them out to the number 24 they would both go into that number and six if you times it by four you'd get to 24. eight if you times it by three you'd also get to 24 so 24 is a common denominator And I want to illustrate this idea of common denominator uh, for you uh, in a real-world illustration. Janine and I, when we met, we uh, met in Michigan. I am from Pennsylvania. We now live in Pennsylvania again with our family. But when I met Janine, it was in Michigan when I moved there in 2008. And Janine and I met, we dated, we got engaged, we got married in 2009, and then we moved in together. And the first house we lived in together was the parsonage next to the church building, And I've told some of you this story already, but um, in that house we were broken into, actually. Uh, While we were having Thanksgiving dinner with Janine's family at their house one night, someone broke into our house and robbed our first floor and smashed up some stuff. And that was the first time I had ever been broken into. So that was a weird, kind of scary situation to know that someone could break into your house. But that wasn't even the last time that happened. I think then summer after that, we were on a vacation here in New Jersey. And we got a phone call from somebody saying that our house had been broken into again. And we think it was the same people because the people who broke in this time went to the second floor only, meaning upstairs. And they they ransacked it and stole some things from us and smashed up some things. So we were broken into that house twice. And that was kind of a scary situation because, again, I had never been broken into. It's always kind of uh, weird to know that someone has been looking through your stuff and stole some stuff, and that if they broke into you once or twice even, they can do it again, maybe even while you're there. So that was a scary thing. Uh, That's the first illustration I have. So while I'm telling you the story, see if you can find the common denominator. Uh, The next thing is we moved into an apartment after that, and it was kind of an interestingly placed apartment because it was right near the campus of Eastern Michigan University, which is the campus we were ministering to at the time. And we were glad to be there for the sake of being close to the campus, but we didn't really do our homework because anytime you get a, an apartment right next to a college campus, it's going to be a very loud atmosphere. And so Janine and I uh, had a couple incidents there where we were just spending time as a family at our home, um, quietly in our house, and all of a sudden there was this very loud situation outside of our window right outside our window. And a couple times I would peek out the blinds to see what was going on and sometimes there were parties going on and a fight had escalated. And a couple of these times that I remember these these fights were actually really scary fist fights. People really angry with each other, throwing fists at their faces. And it was so scary that I thought I had to call the cops and because I didn't want anyone to bring a weapon into it. And that was scary because it was right outside our window and we were pregnant at the time and our first son was coming and I realized, boy, this is really not a good thing for a family to have this kind of danger right outside our door. So that was illustration number two. Again, see if you can find the common denominator. Actually, one time in our parsonage too, we had this this situation where one night Janine and I were woken from a dead sleep around four in the morning or something like that. So it was pitch black, and we heard this noise that was so loud, Janine and I went from sleeping to standing up in an instant because of the loudness of this noise. And we realized, while we were hearing this noise, as we were awakened by it, we realized it wasn't coming from where a noise normally comes from. Janine at first thought someone was pounding on her door, but we realized after we listened to the noise closer that the noise was actually above us it seemed and appeared that someone or something was on our roof. And it wasn't a very big house, but it was big enough where that would have been a challenge to get on the roof. And there was something very large on top of our roof because that something was making very loud noises, stomping, running. And that terrified us because not only was it a very loud noise, but it was on top of our roof. And we couldn't figure out why or what would be on our roof at four o'clock in the morning. And we never really did solve that mystery. That thing or that person, whoever that was, eventually got off the roof. The noise stopped. We didn't find out who it was. And the mystery is still there. So that's another interesting thing that happened to us in Michigan. And then the last one. We were at this different apartment. Moved several times in our lifetime here. Uh, We were at this different apartment. And in this one apartment, we had this like crazy woman who was, like, walking around from time to time. And she really was crazy because she would walk around and we would watch her. Sometimes we'd be out with our son playing and this woman would walk by on the sidewalk and she'd be yelling um, angrily at someone or something, but there was no one around her. And at some times we actually saw her, like, uh, turn around and start chasing something. (laughs) And... Janine and I were like, uh, this is a little terrifying because what is this woman doing? And she was nuts. I think she was just crazy or possessed or something because she was kind of scaring us and yelling and angrily chasing things. And so all of these stories happened to us while we were in Michigan. And maybe you noticed the common denominator as I spoke to you, that in all of these stories, there's there's two or three different denominators, if you will. The first one is that Janine and I are together in Michigan. Another denominator is is that something weird and scary is happening to us. And that's kind of the idea, is there's a theme. There's there's something that is common amongst all of those stories. And bringing this back to the text, in Colossians chapter 3, which I'd like to read now, verses 18 to 24, excuse me, 25, listen to what Paul says, and maybe again, you can pick up the common denominator of what he is saying. He says in verse 18, Wives submit to your husbands, as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Verse 25, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done and there is no partiality. Well, it's not really hard to find the common denominator in that passage. Uh, Paul is bringing up this idea of uh, loving and submitting to and obeying people in our lives that God either has above us or below us. But every single time he brings up one of these things, it's almost like he can't help himself talking about the Lord. And I want to now just highlight a few of these things. He says in verse 18, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. In verse 19, he says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And I think you can easily illustrate that by saying that Christ is our husband in a way. We are the bride as his church, and he is not harsh with us. So therefore, husbands, should not be harsh with their own wives. In verse 20, he says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. In verse 21, he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And of course, we know we have a heavenly Father who does not provoke us, but does everything he can to encourage us. So there's the reason that we should not provoke our own children. In verse 22, he says, Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Uh, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as you reward. For you are serving the Lord Christ. And then he says, for the wrongdoer will, will be paid back for the wrong he has done. For there's no partiality. Well, paid back by who? By the Lord. Do you notice that? Do you notice that common denominator that each one of these instructions have? They're all about doing it for the Lord. That regardless of whether you're a wife submitting to your husband, or a husband who's loving your wife, or a child that has to submit and obey your parents, or a father that can't provoke their children, or a bond servant that has to obey, or a even a master in chapter 4, verse 1, who has to be kind to their servant and their slave. Every single time, the idea is doing it for the Lord Jesus. And that makes a lot of sense because if you've been looking at the book of Colossians with us, Paul has used that denominator, that theme, all throughout Colossians. That every part of the Christian living is about doing it for the Lord. Whether it's obeying or or trusting, or loving those around you. Every single time Paul has said something to us that we need to do or think about or have faith in, it's all about doing it for the Lord. Because the Lord is the common denominator of everything good. Everything. And I like thinking about it that way. That helps me. Not just because I like fractions, But because I like thinking about the Christian life has a theme. And it's a really good theme. It's a theme that if we listen to and practice, we will find a lot of joy from. Because it's not just about loving these people in your life. Sometimes people in your life don't give you a lot of reasons to love them. Or submit to them. Or obey them. Or be kind to them. But you can tell in this passage, it's not really about the person. Now I think you should do... These types of things out of love for the people. I don't think that's at all what Paul is trying to work us away from. But you could tell there's something greater he wants us to focus on. Paul wants us to focus on doing everything we do for the sake of the Lord. And that's not just a theory, because in verse 17, right before he talks about all of these things, listen to what he says. He says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's the verse right before verse 18, where he starts talking about wives and husbands. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you notice that? Jesus is the common denominator of everything that is good and right and holy. And I hope that helps you because that does help me. It helps me because I need motivation. I need discipline in the Christian life. And sometimes, like I said before, I don't get it from man. I can't get it from man because man sometimes mistreats me or man just isn't a great motivator. Sometimes I'm too tired. Sometimes I'm too weary. Sometimes I'm too selfish to love those around me. But if my mind is set upon the Lord Jesus, the motivation returns. The disciplines come back. And that's the entire point of what Paul is trying to say. Focus on the denominator, and you will obey and love those around you. If you don't focus on the denominator, you might not. In fact, you probably won't. So you and I, no matter what the Lord is looking looking us at or focusing us upon, he wants us to see the Lord. Because everything we do in the Christian life is not about us. It's not about other people even. Even the fact of loving one another falls under the main number one commandment of loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So even loving people is not an end. It's a means to loving the Lord. And wow, that really brings Scripture together. If you could focus all of your attention on that, that no matter what he says, whether something as a promise, as a treasure you're about to get, if you follow it, or a warning that if you don't obey, you're going to face something scary or discipline or even the wrath of God, you need to take the denominator of the Lord Jesus with you and say, he's the reason. He is the reason we do these things. He is the reason we need to practice these things. He is the reason we need to avoid sins. Because Jesus is worthy. And that has been a theme of Colossians every single lesson we've been looking at. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy of our obedience. He's worthy of our discipline. He's worthy of us fighting sin to the death. He's worthy of us treasuring him above all other things and with desire and joy in our hearts following him. Jesus is worthy of that because we know the reason we have any life in us today is because Jesus died and rose again. He made the payment that you and I could only make in hell. And because Jesus made that payment, you and I can have life, and not only have life, but have a relationship, a right relationship with God again. And not only that, but we can have hope of eternity. That one day we will not be cast away like those who practice wickedness, that if we follow Jesus Christ and remember the denominator of the Lord Jesus, we'll go to heaven. We'll go to eternal life with God and Christ forever. Isn't that a great motivator? Isn't that a motivator we need to bring with us today? Because it's almost a guarantee that if you look into Scripture, the Lord will have something for you to do. Something you need to believe in more, something you need to practice better, something you need to avoid as a sin issue. And you could look at that and go, well, I I don't know, you know, sin's fun. I don't really want to avoid it. Or how, you know, I don't know, Lord, you want me to obey these commandments? You know, that takes a lot of work and it's kind of costly. Or Jesus, you want me to believe more? Well, you know, it's hard for me to believe in you when I can't see you. And the Lord wants us to remember himself. Look to Jesus. And you will practice Christianity. Don't look to Jesus and you'll lose sight of the Lord and you won't practice Christianity. Christianity really is a simple, simple thing, kind of like a fraction. That if you boil it down to just simply looking to the Lord, everything will make sense. And even our salvation starts by looking to the Lord. That's everything that you and I understand through the gospel is by looking to the Lord. And the interesting thing about it is that doesn't change. No matter where we are in the Christian life, no matter how mature we get to, we will always be looking to the Lord. And I want you to utilize that today. No matter if you're facing something hard or there's a trial in your life or there's just something you, someone you need to love who is difficult or you need to trust in, during a certain situation of your life, or maybe you need to discipline yourself better and you've been struggling doing that, remember the Lord. And as it says in Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do, and I really mean he thinks whatever, anything that you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we do it, By looking to the Lord, we find our motivation from the Lord, and along the way we give thanks to God through the Lord. That is the best common denominator that anyone could ever discover. And I hope that helps you today. I hope that helps you live for the things you've been taught to live for, and to not chase the world, to not live in sin, to not trust in man, to not be selfish, because none of those things bless us, and better yet, none of those things bless the Lord, and that's the whole point. So I pray that this blesses you today. I pray that you think about the greatest common denominator, the Lord Jesus Christ, and may he motivate you today to live for him. Once again, I thanks. For, thank you for listening.